0: Well, in this study this morning from the Word of God, I want to talk with you about a real and present danger. I want to talk with you about a threat that every Christian faces, a threat that unfortunately will be the main reason why so many of God's people are lost. In this study from the Word of God, I want to talk with you about drifting. I want to talk with you about drifting away or falling away. I want to talk with you about the possibility of us all falling away from Jesus if we're not careful. You see, unfortunately, the problem of disciples falling away or drifting away from Jesus, it's not a new problem. It's not a problem that's just popped up onto the scene in the last few years. In fact, it is something that the people of God have been facing since the very beginning of the church. It is something that every local church has to deal with every single year. Every single year, local churches across this country and across the globe have to deal with Christians who make the foolish decision to abandon the truth and and leave the chief shepherd, Jesus. This is a problem that occurs in every single church. And the fact of the matter is, brothers and sisters, is that that this reality really shouldn't surprise us because, because all throughout the Bible, God warns us of the danger of drifting. There are several warnings of drifting that are found all throughout the Scriptures. For example, this warning is found all throughout the book of Hebrews. If you recall, we're currently studying in our Bible classes from the book of Hebrews and one of the things I hope you've noticed as we've studied this book is just how much the Hebrew writer warns us about the danger of drifting away from Jesus. For example, in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 1, there the Hebrew writer warns us against drifting away from God. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12, he warns us against developing hearts that fall away from God. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 11, there the Hebrew writer says that we should not be disobedient to God, otherwise we will miss our rest in heaven. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11, he warns us against becoming dull in our hearing of the Word of God. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 to 39, there the Hebrew writer warns us against reaching a point in our lives as Christians where we could actually resist God's amazing grace. All throughout the book of Hebrews, the writer warns us against drifting away from God as Christians. And not only do we find these warnings in the book of Hebrews, but they're also found throughout the rest of the New Testament. But they're also found in the book that we are currently reading in our Bible reading right now, and that is the book of 1 Timothy. I hope you've been keeping up with your Bible reading. I hope you've been reading the book of 1 Timothy, and I hope particularly you pay close attention to the warnings against drifting in the book of 1 Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 19, there Paul says that as Christians, we can actually become shipwrecked in our faith. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, Paul says that that we can actually fall away from the faith. In 1 Timothy 6 and verse 10, Paul says that we can wander away from the faith. And then notice what Paul says about himself in 1 Corinthians Chapter 9, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse number 26, in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 26, Paul says this about himself. He says, Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself, Paul says, I myself will not. Be disqualified. Notice carefully what Paul says about himself here in this text. Do you see it? Notice how here in these verses Paul makes the point that even though he was an apostle, even though he was a preacher, even though he had seen the risen Savior on the Damascus Road, and even though he had the ability to, to perform miracles and impart miraculous spiritual gifts to other Christians, even though all those things were true about him, Paul says that he still could fall away. He still could drift away. He still could become spiritually disqualified if he did not discipline his body and strive to be faithful to Jesus. Paul says that even he faced the possibility of drifting away from God. And then notice what Peter says about these kinds of Christians in the book of 2 Peter chapter 2. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 20, when talking about Christians who make the foolish decision to drift away from the Lord. He says in 2 Timothy 2 in verse 20, For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. Translation, here Peter is saying, that when a Christian makes the foolish decision to leave Jesus or wander away from Jesus or drift away from Jesus, they're actually in a worse condition then than they were before they even initially obeyed the gospel. They're in a worse spiritual condition once they leave Jesus than they were before they even initially obeyed the gospel. In verse 21, he says, "...for it would be better for them..." Not to have known the way of righteousness, than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them, it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. Notice the repulsive image that, that Peter paints in our minds here. Notice how here in verse number 22, he compares a Christian who drifts away from Jesus to a dog that eats his own vomit. He he compares it to a pig who returns right back to the mud after he has been cleaned up. Again, what a repulsive thing to think about. And there are several other verses that we could consider when it comes to this, but I think you get the point, right? I I think you can see just from these verses that, that, that it can happen, brothers and sisters. It can happen to me, and it can also happen to you. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how strong spiritually you may think you are. It doesn't matter if you've been attending church services, if you were a little child, it doesn't matter who you are, or where you are or, or or how strong you may think you are in the faith. According to the Bible, we all face the possibility of falling away from the Lord. According to the Bible, we all face the possibility of drifting away from Jesus, and I guess the real question is this, the real question is is, is how? How does this happen? Why does this happen? Why do do some disciples actually get to the point to where they drift away from Jesus? Well, I want to submit to you that there are several reasons why some Christians drift away from Jesus. And the first reason is pretty obvious. The first reason why some Christians drift away from Jesus is because of a lack of growth. It's because of a lack of spiritual growth. It's because of a lack of of spiritual maturity. If you remember, this is exactly the point that the Hebrew writer makes in Hebrews chapter 5. In Hebrews chapter 5, and in verse number 11, here in the, context, in the context, the Hebrew writer is talking about the priesthood of Jesus and how it is comparable to the priesthood of Melchizedek in the Old Testament. And he says in Hebrews 5 and verse 11 concerning him, concerning Melchizedek, we have much to say and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Verse number 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God and you've come to need milk and not solid food. Do you see the point the Hebrew writer is making? Here the Hebrew writer is saying that by this time he should have been able to to talk about Difficult biblical concepts like the priesthood of Jesus. By this time, he should have been able to talk about difficult concepts like how Jesus priesthood is comparable to the priesthood of Melchizedek. By this time, these disciples should have been able to teach other people the gospel. But instead, he says they needed somebody to teach them. They needed somebody to teach them the Word of God. Specifically, they needed someone to teach them the elementary principles of the Word of God. The Hebrew writer says that by this time, these Christians were still on the milk of the word when they should have been on the meat of the word. In other words, they should have been on some solid food. They should have been at a high level of spiritual maturity at this time, but instead they were still little babies in Christ. They were still little infants in Christ. In fact, that is the main reason why so many of these Christians were actually thinking about leaving Jesus and returning to living under the Old Testament law of Moses. The Hebrew writer says that these Christians, they were not growing and maturing spiritually as they should have. And brothers and sisters, we got to understand that that same thing can happen to us. It can happen to me, and it can also happen to you. You see, when we don't grow and mature spiritually, when we don't grow in our, in our knowledge of God's word, you know what we do? We actually give the devil a foothold in our lives. We actually give the devil an avenue into persuading us into thinking that certain things are okay when God says they are not. And haven't you seen that happen to people before? I certainly have seen, seen that happen to people before. I've seen that happen to Christians before. I can't begin to tell you how many times I have been in conversations with Christians and they will actually say with their mouths some of the most ridiculous things. They'll actually say things like, well, you know, it doesn't matter what what church you attend. All churches are, are okay with God. Or it doesn't matter what kind of work that a church involves itself in. Or it doesn't matter if you drink alcohol as long as you don't get drunk. Or, or there's something wrong with people dabbling into some pornography every now and then. Or, or people really won't be lost if their marriage is not in line with what Jesus says in Matthew 19 and verse 9. I can't begin to tell you how many times I've heard people who have been Christians for several decades say those kinds of things, and all of those things, brothers and sisters, are just dead wrong. All of those things are just plain unbiblical. All of those statements demonstrate a lack of spiritual growth, and when Christians don't grow and mature properly, they put themselves on a path to eventually drift away from Jesus. But so many Christians, they drift away from Jesus because of a lack of spiritual growth. And for some other Christians, they also drift away from Jesus because they lack in prayer. They lack in their prayers. And someone says, well, Sean, how in the world could a Christian Drift away from the Lord because of a lack of prayer. Well, my friend, think about it for a moment. Think about the purpose of prayer. What's what's the purpose of prayer? Well, remember, prayer is the avenue. It is the avenue God gives us to to communicate with Him, right? Prayer is, is the tool God gives us to talk to Him whenever we Desire. It is the avenue God has given us to communicate with Him in our lives. And just as in any relationship, we can expect to have a healthy and fulfilling relationship with God if we don't make time to communicate with Him all the time, right? Just as in the relationship we have with our spouse, or with our kids, or with our friends, when we don't make time to constantly communicate with our Heavenly Father, eventually we're going to find ourselves drifting further and further away from our Heavenly Father. We can't expect to be close to God if we don't constantly communicate with God. And that same principle is also true with our relationship with each other. You see, in addition to Christians drifting away because of a lack of growth, And a lack of prayer, for some Christians, they also drift away because of a lack of association, particularly a lack of association with their brothers and their sisters in Christ. And so I'm going in my Bible to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and I want you to notice what the Holy Spirit tells us about the early Christians. Here in Acts 2, in verse 46, in Acts 2 in verse number 46, after telling us about those 3,000 people who were baptized for the forgiveness of their sins on the day of Pentecost in the city of Jerusalem, this was the early church. In Acts 2 and verse 46, it says that after these people were baptized day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness, and sincerity of heart. Now, notice carefully what this text tells us about the early Christians. Notice it says that day by day they were continuing with one mind in the temple. The reference to being together in the temple there is a reference to these Christians constantly worshiping worshiping God together. They worshiped God together, but not only did they worship God together, it also says they broke bread from house to house. The breaking of bread there in that context is not a reference to the Lord's Supper. Instead, that is a reference to them having meals together, common social meals together. Here, the Bible is telling us that when it came to the early Christians, they were connected to each other. They didn't just see each other on Sunday, but they saw each other all the time. They spent time together in the worship assembly and outside of the worship assembly. They were connected to each other, and and we got to be like them. You see, when we are connected as a family, when we worship together and study together, and find all kinds of ways to to be around each other and stay connected to each other, we're able to do so many wonderful things for each other. We're able to help one another. We're able to edify and build up one another. We're able to lean on each other and bear one another's burdens. We're able to, to motivate one another to stay faithful and to press on in the cause of the gospel. There's just so many wonderful blessings that come to us when we stay connected to one another as a spiritual family. And let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, if we're not careful during this terrible time of pandemic in our country, the devil will rob us of these blessings. he will rob us of these blessings. During a time when Christians are not able to assemble as often as they would like, In a time when so many Christians are being forced to be isolated away in their homes, if we're not careful, the devil will use this as an opportunity. The devil will use this as an opportunity to get us to drift further and further away from each other. You see, the devil is a smart enemy. He is smart enough to know that if he can isolate us, from other people of like precious faith, if he can get us to be disconnected from each other, then he has a better chance of stealing us away from God. He knows that if he can get us to to fight this spiritual battle all by ourselves, then then we're going to be more vulnerable and susceptible to his attacks. He knows that we are weaker alone then we are together, and that is a reason why so many Christians drift away from Jesus. So many Christians drift away from Jesus because of a lack of association with their brethren. And then you have some who drift away because they just develop hard hearts. Hard hearts to the Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse number 12. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12, the Hebrew writer says, Take care, brethren. And the brethren, there's a reference to Christians. Take care, brethren, that there not be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. Notice how the Bible says that Christians can actually develop hearts that are unbelieving and fall away from the living God. And haven't you met Christians who fit that bill before? I certainly can. I certainly have. I've met Christians who've developed hearts that are no longer receptive to God's truth. Hearts that reject the truth, hearts that even get angered by the truth because they were challenged by the truth. I've encountered Christians who went from loving God's truth and embracing God's truth to just flat out rejecting God's truth due to their desire to validate some ungodly practice they are engaged in, in their lives. I've met so many Christians who've hardened their hearts to the teachings of Jesus. In Matthew 19, and verse 9, where Jesus says, Whoever divorces wife except for immorality marries another commits adultery. I've met many Christians who went from embracing that truth at one time to just flat out rejecting that truth. I've met Christians who've hardened their hearts to what the Bible says about, about forgiveness and about the dangers of drinking and about the need to dress modestly. I've even met Christians who've hardened their hearts to what the Bible says about, about homosexuality and the need to refrain from having sex before marriage. Fortunately, I've met so many Christians who harden their hearts to these biblical principles and eventually the same thing happens to all these people. Eventually those who harden their hearts against the word of God, eventually they they drift away from God. So many drift away from the Lord because of hard hearts. And then finally for others, they drift away because they just become plain worldly. Worldly, They become entangled again in the things of the world. Isn't that what Peter said in in 2 Peter 2 and verse 20? And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, Paul talks about a Christian named Demas and how Demas had forsaken him and really Demas had forsaken the Lord because he loved this present world. Demas loved the world more than he loved the Lord and that's a pitfall that we can all fall into if we're not careful. You see, if we're not careful, we can all fall into the trap of putting the things of this world before the things of God. If we're not careful, we can all fall into the trap of being so consumed with our jobs or achieving higher education or getting our kids involved in all kinds of sports that we no longer have time for the things of God. We no longer have time to read one chapter a day, five days a week from a daily Bible reading schedule. We no longer have time to pray. We no longer have time to to seek the lost and look for ways to encourage our brethren. If we're not careful, we can all fall into the trap of worldliness. We can all fall into the trap of putting the things of the world before the things of God and Christians who get consumed in worldliness. You know what eventually happens to them? They eventually just drift away from Jesus altogether. And so, my friends, here are just five reasons, five reasons as to why so many Christians drift away from God. And the point of this lesson is very simple. The point of this lesson is none of these things need to describe us. None of these things need to happen to us. You see, instead of becoming stagnant in our spiritual growth, instead of remaining content with where we are currently spiritually, you know what we need to do? We need to to make sure that we grow. We need to grow. We need to grow spiritually. We need to grow in our knowledge of God's Word. We need to grow in our understanding of God's Word. We need to grow in our, in our faith in God's Word. We need to grow in all of these things, even during a time when we're not able to assemble together as much as we would like. In 2 Peter 3, and verse 18, Peter concludes that, that book by saying, but grow, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice how Peter says, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how many times you may have read the Bible. It doesn't matter how many verses you may have memorized and how many church services you may have attended. It doesn't matter how old or seasoned you may be. You have a responsibility to grow in your knowledge and understanding of God's Word. Peter says that as long as we have breath in our bodies, as long as we remain on God's earth, we have a responsibility to grow. And brothers and sisters, there are just so many avenues that have been given to us to to help us achieve this. One of them is our daily Bible reading schedule, right? Let me tell you something. Each time you read that one chapter a day, five days a week from the New Testament, each time you do that, you're doing something absolutely essential to help you grow in your knowledge of God's Word and remain faithful to God. Every time you read the Word of God, you're doing something absolutely essential to help you grow. Daily Bible reading will help you grow. And so we're also watching the sermons that Brother Brian is doing a great job posting to our YouTube channel and our Facebook pages and our website. And so we will studying along with the Bible class videos that are being put out twice a week, and so we're reading the articles that are being posted and even watching our step-by-step videos. You see, even during a time of pandemic, because of all this technology God has blessed us with in the 21st century, we have a variety of different tools that will help us grow in our faith. And my friends, we need to be taking advantage of these tools. We need to be making sure that we utilize these tools that God has blessed us with to help us grow. Instead of lacking in our spiritual growth, we need to commit ourselves to growth. And instead of lacking in our prayers, we need to commit ourselves. To a consistent prayer life. A consistent prayer life in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, the Apostle Paul says that as Christians, we should be praying without ceasing, right? Colossians 4 and verse 2 says that we ought to devote ourselves to prayer keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, we don't have to be assembled together in a church building to be able to do what those verses say. Even though we are becoming more and more isolated in our homes right now, you know, we can still do, we can still make time and talk to God. We can still pray to God we can still pray to God in the morning. We can still pray over our meals. We can still make time to pray with our families. In fact, one of the blessings of this pandemic is now we all should have more time to pray with our families, right? We should have more time to pray with our spouse and with our kids. We should have more time to carve out moments for quiet moments With God, we should now have fewer things to distract us from making sure that we're talking to God all throughout the day. Instead of lacking in our prayer lives, if we're going to avoid drifting, we got to commit ourselves to prayer. And instead of lacking in our association with one another as brethren, we need to commit ourselves to staying connected. We need to stay as connected as we can as a spiritual family. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 13, the Hebrew writer says, but encourage one another day after day, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but encourage one another day after day as long as it is still called today so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Let me tell you something. Even though we're not able to meet together and worship together, as God's people because of this pandemic. We can still do what that verse says. We can still encourage each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. We can still encourage our elders or our shepherds. We can still encourage our deacons. We can still encourage the elderly and the sick and the new converts and the new members. We can still do all those things through a phone call. Or a text message or an email or a social media message or just if you're old school, just mail a card to somebody. There are just so many different ways in which we can stay connected to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we got to make sure we do that. We got to make sure that we don't allow the devil to cause us to drift further from each other during this time of pandemic so instead of lacking in our association, let's continue to stay connected. And instead of hardening our hearts to the Word of God, let's make sure that we maintain receptive hearts. Let's maintain receptive hearts to the Word of God. When the Word of God begins to challenge us, When the word of God begins to make us uncomfortable and pull at our hearts and even make us squirm a little bit, instead of trying to twist the scriptures and shake our fist at heaven because we don't like something the Bible says, we need to always remember the source of the scriptures. We need to always remember that the scriptures come from God and they are the standard by which God's going to judge us on the judgment day we need to always maintain a spirit of humility towards the Scriptures. We need to always maintain a spirit of humility towards God. We need to always remember that since God is the creator of all things, that means He has the right to set the rules or the standard for our lives, and that standard is only found in one place. is only found in His Word. And so instead of hardening our hearts to the truth, Let's always keep our hearts humble and receptive to the truth. And instead of consuming ourselves in the things of this world, let's make sure that we always, always, always put God first. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus says, but seek first, seek first the kingdom of God or the rule of God and His righteousness. Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Jesus says we need to love God. Jesus says we need to love God more than anything else in our lives. Why? Because he first loved us. Why? Because he created us in his image. Why? Because he blesses us every single day. Why? Because he sent his sinless son to die on a cross for our sins. Let me tell you something. The main reason why so many Christians drift away from God is because they no longer love God. They no longer love Jesus. They no longer appreciate Jesus. They no longer value all he did for them at Calvary. That's the truth about the matter so with those things being said, I want to ask you to bow your head with me at this time as we say a prayer and we ask for God's blessing. Keep us faithful during this time of crisis in our country and in our world. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for your word that, that helps us and motivates us and keeps us strong during difficult times. I pray for your people across the globe. I pray for elders across the globe. I pray for preachers. I pray for brothers and sisters in Christ that you will continue to be with us and hold our hands and keep us strong and bonded together in love. Father, I pray that none of us will drift away from you. None of your children will leave you. That we will always do what it takes to stay close to you and faithful to you. That we will always remember the sacrifice of your son and demonstrate our appreciation for that sacrifice by loving you and obeying your commandments. Thank you, Father, for the gift of life. Thank you for Jesus and all he has done for us. Keep us strong and safe. In Jesus' name, amen.